uh, we'll go into the book of Hebrews chapter 7. I'm still trying to remember my third, the third week of this series. When I do remember, I promise I would yell it. I would yell it when I do remember the third week of my own sermon series. Amen. Anyway, so the book of Hebrews chapter and in chapter 7. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Let's just bless God for His word. We Father God, we thank you for your word, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your words. Like fresh bread from heaven to heaven. Oh, we thank you, Holy Spirit. Be exalted, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Welcome wherever you're listening to, to, to us from, wherever you might be listening from. Welcome. This is the Enlightened Church. We exist to interrupt, enlighten, and upset the world for Jesus Christ. You are in good house. You are in you're on good soil, right? You're on good soil, and where you are standing is holy ground. Amen. So everybody say where I'm standing. It's holy ground. Amen. So join me real quick in the book of Hebrews chapter 7 and uh, I read from verse 1 this Melchizedek was king of Salem oh thank you so much thank you so much someone just uh, answer me um, the third week of my sermon series was notes and melodies uh, so sorry oh god goodness I forget things like that notes and melodies he was talking about the essence of the church um, anyway so going back to uh, Hebrews chapter 7 this Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God most high he met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him and Abraham gave him a tenth of everything first the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness then also king of Salem means king of peace without father or mother without genealogy without beginning of end of days or end of life resembling the son of God he remains a priest forever just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now the law requires the descendants of Levi who become priests to collect a tenth from the people. That is the uh, fellow Israelites, even though they are, also, they, they are also descended from Abraham. But this man, however, did not trace his descent, his descent from Levi. Yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Amen. And without doubt, the lesser is blessed by the greater. Amen, everybody. In the one case, the tenth is collected by people who die. But in the other case, by people who is declared to believe in. By him who is declared to believe in. One might even say that Levi who collects the tenth paid the tenth through Abraham. Because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. But the Lord bless the reading of his word. In the name of Jesus. Um, this afternoon morning whatever time you listen to this um i want to speak to us real quick promise you you wouldn't be uh it wouldn't be long but just spend like two and a half hours of your, of your day <laughs> i'm just joking um <laughs> my mom's eyes just went like eh? <laughs> we are till night uh spend me a couple minutes of your day and we'll just talk about the mystery of the ten everybody say the mystery of the ten the mystery of the ten let's bow our heads real quick so we pray, Father God, we thank you for the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to our simple hearts. Father, we come to you this morning or this afternoon, wherever time we are listening to this on podcasts, live and online, 2 p.m. and our 2 p.m. service. Father God, we ask Holy Spirit, we want to leave this place illuminated, God. We want your word to interrupt and upset something on our inside, God. To set us straight, Holy Spirit. Let your word correct, let your word reprove, let your word encourage, and let your word deliver. Thank you, Father God, for your word. May your name be praised. Anoint us this very moment. We receive your word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. The mystery of the ten. I grew up in a Christian 
home. Uh, my both parents are pastors. My mom is sitting here, listening to me right now. Uh, my mom is ever looking younger. Um, she, she my mom is looking extra fresh this afternoon. Uh, I don't know. My mom, I think my mom has been secretly drinking because my mom does this. This is no matter my son. I'm going to say my mom secretly buys good things and she keeps it in her wardrobe and she doesn't allow anybody to see it because we are the only people in the house right now, are boys. And if we see, it, we would eat it. So my mom buys like all these things, like milk and all these things, and she drinks it alone because my mom wants to look fresh. <laughs> Amen. Um, but I grew up in a Christian home. And uh, matter of fact, like I said, my, my both parents are pastors. So one thing I discovered, we never really talked about it growing up. We never really talked about this topic growing up, but we saw it. It wasn't spoken about. It wasn't spoken of, rather, but it was seen. It was expressed. And what it was was this subject of tithe. It was. It was never really something we talked about. It was never really something, you know. But we saw it because back then, you know, in our home church back then, uh, we had this. We had two different kind of envelopes, right? We had the first envelope with the word offering on it, and then the other envelope with the word tithe on it, right? And um, like I said, though it was never really. My parents never came and said, "Children, you know, this is what tithe is," and da 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 da. But they, we, we discovered that, you know, we saw our parents always having that envelope around and always, you know, going out with a thing called tithe. Uh, maybe every first Sunday of the month or last Sunday of the month or whichever uh, Sunday, I don't really know. And I really saw this thing in them, but we never, like I said, we never really understood what tithe was. And uh, I believe that we are in that age now where most people like myself grew up in christian homes and families and around christians or or around christian words like this word tithe and never really understand what the word is i follow me now church i believe many people grow up around this idea of okay we know what offerings are what we give every sunday and all that but what is a tithe and um i was on i was on uh twitter the other day i think it was yesterday or the day before and I have to say this, I think it was the day before, I have to say this, Twitter is the most, I don't know, man, it's the most, I don't know, the most deranged place. Talk about like Ward 7, right? Talk about Ward 7 of any hospital. Twitter is Ward 7, right? I don't know what they call it, they turn it to X. I think they should have changed it to 7, like SEPTA, something like that, right? Because it is, Twitter is a deranged center. I'm so sorry I said that because people, good people on Twitter, I know, I'm on Twitter too. But like, doesn't mean I'm deranged or anything like that, but like I see one. Th I discovered one thing on Twitter is that the other day on Twitter, every I discovered everybody has opinions. Everybody has opinions. Like I'm seeing different weird stuff now on the internet. Like different what weird stuff. Things that should not even be in in we should not be debating about. Like why is somebody debating about whether or not fornication before marriage is a sin? Like what is different? What there is no arguments there. Why, why, why would you even try to argue that? There's nothing, there is nothing substantial. I mean, there's no other, there are no two ways to it. It is both unhealthy for your spirit, man. And it is very much, you know, a sin against God. So like from every angle, you see it's sin. Are you following me now? Like, but I, I see this sin and, and, and I, gotta, I gotta say something though. Christianity is not a celebration of opinions. Are you following me now, everybody? In Christianity, we are not we don't gather to celebrate everybody's opinions. Oh, whether or not Sunday should be on Saturday. I mean, Sunday services should be on Saturday or on Sunday. We're not here to gather and debate on whether or not you know. We're not here to debate whether or not the rapture has happened or hasn't happened. I don't know why people even debate such such things, right? Christianity is not a celebration of opinions. Guess what Christianity is? Christianity is upholding the truth. Amen. Now, 
In Christianity, we oppose the truth. We are not here to celebrate opinions. We are here to celebrate truth. The absolute truth. Not my truth. Not her truth. Not America's truth. Not Nigeria's truth or perceived truth. No, no, no. We are here to celebrate and to uphold what? The truth. Everybody say the truth. And really, there is no talking about uh, the mystery of 10 without really you know, coming at it from the point of truth. Everybody say the truth. Um, I'm going to be answering some of the questions that people, you know, popular questions that people have, you know, today. But I'll, I'll, answer, I'll answer it from this passage where we read uh, to, as, as, as my opening text for today's ser uh, sermon. But even before then, even before then, um, I discovered that, uh, you see, the, the, the really, really, really crazy thing about uh, this entire tithe thing and the entire tithe conversations that people have is because of the way we are, we are uh, fond of, uh, you know, propagating agendas and, and opinions and everybody's trying to, you know, oh, this is my opinion, this is what I think, this is what I feel. Uh, we have kind of like lost touch with the truth of what this thing is and why is it essential? Right? One of the popular questions I've seen these days is people asking, is tithing essential? No, they ask, is, is it compulsory to tithe? People ask, is it compulsory to tithe? Is it compulsory to, 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 to tithe? And we, before I even answer that, let me establish what tithing really is. Tithe is uh, actually, in the Bible, it's you giving a tenth of whatever proceeds you have uh, to God. A tenth, a, a, a tithe is a tenth of whatever thing. So if you're, if, let's say you're a prophet, a hundred naira, a hundred. Your tithe is how much? Ten. If your prophet was a thousand naira, your tithe is how much? Hundred. If your prophet was ten, is, it was ten thousand naira, your prophet was what? Is what? Your, sorry, your tithe is what? One thousand. If your, if your prophet is hundred thousand naira, your tithe is how much? Ten thousand. If your prophet is a million, Naira, your tithe is how much? 100,000, and so on and so forth. So just 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Everybody say 10. Now, people ask, is it compulsory to tithe? Um, that's one of the reasons, let me tell you one of the reasons up from five when I answer that question. One of the reasons I'm teaching this right now is because statistics show that uh, the ones who tithe the least are youths. And um, because of, of course, like I said, many of us grew up around the idea. Many of us know exactly what tithing is, but we do not, we, we do not understand it. You see, knowledge is different from understanding. You see, understanding is having that deep revelation of what a thing is. That is why Paul says in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6, 17 and 18, it says, I pray that you be filled with wisdom and, and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Are you following me now? Because the thing is, understanding is having revelation. Knowledge is just having information. Are you following me now? What many of us grew up with is knowledge, just share information. We just we just knew we just knew we had information about what this idea or some ideas in, in the Bible and in faith is or are, but we never really understood, you know, and had a revelation of what it is. So to ask to answer the question is tithing compulsory. To answer that question, really, I have to ask you another question. Um and it's this, I know that, okay, probably a, a, a quarter of us probably do not really know this, but you, if you're a Nigerian, the government deducts taxes on almost everything you purchase. 
right? Mom, am I right? Mm -hmm. From your, from every time you buy, there's a thing called VAT, value added taxes or tax. So a tax is removed from every time you recharge. From everything you buy in the market, there's a certain amount on it that actually belongs to the government that even you and I don't know. Are you following me now? So now, okay, because we are, okay, because you're not a government worker and you probably are not filling in tight, uh, um, tax uh, forms, let's not, let's not talk about tax. Let's talk about something more, you know, youth-like. Let's say it's school fee. Is it compulsory to pay your school fees? Many of you probably like, okay, yes, no. Okay, let, let me ask you a more detailed question. Do you need, do we need to pay taxes or pay our school fees in order to live and breathe? What's our answer? No. You don't need to pay your school fee. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to uh, 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 pay your taxes in order to live. You don't need to do that in order to breathe. Are you following me now, everybody? You don't need it in order to breathe. You don't need it in order to, 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 to leave. You don't need it in order to walk, honestly. That's the truth. We don't, if we are to be honest with ourselves, you don't need to pay for school. Why, why, why get a degree? <laughs> why do you need a degree if you can live without a degree? Why, 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 you know, why uh, uh, get a degree if you can, you know, uh, uh, all you need to do is just, you know, get outside and just maybe inhale in order to get oxygen. You don't need a degree to have oxygen or to use oxygen. You don't need that. But why do you get a degree? Because you, you expect the sense of a part of your, your mind knows that a, a degree is supposed to actually help me enhance or give me a better life. Are you following me now? A degree is supposed to help me with, oh, you know, increase, I have increased and higher chances and opportunities at a better life in the future because I have a degree, right? And so if you know that you do not need to pay a school fees, to pay your school fee or pay your taxes in order to live and breathe, but you know that you do these things regardless because you know that it helps enhance your chances at a better life. So why do you think Titan is any different? Are you following me, everybody? When we give God our tenth, some people assume, because it's another, another propagated uh, idea or premonition about the idea of tithing, they assume that you tithe to get rich. If you tithe, all your sorrow goes away. And that's another lie. Because <laughs> it's not biblically founded. There's no place in the Bible where this is mentioned. Are you following me now? But instead, why do we tithe? We tithe because we are when we tithe, let me say, when we tithe, it is us saying, God, I know that you are the one who is able to make a way for me. Are you following me now, church? I'll tell you another important reason why we tithe. Is to tell God and to show God that gold does not have my heart. God does. Are you following me, everybody? Everybody say, gold does not have my heart. God does. The, the, you see, because the, the problem, the problem of, 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 that we are faced with in this life, honestly, is the problem of gold over God. Are you following me? One of the reasons God asks that we tithe, and, and, I'll, tell, and I'll, I'll tell you places where it's biblically founded to tithe, and we'll talk about it, whether or not it's biblically, biblically okay to tithe in this generation in time. But one of the reasons we, are, we, we tithe is because God has already seen from the beginning of time that at the end of, of, of age, people would place gold over God. And now it's understandable, understandably so. It's, 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 it's not, I mean, it's evil, of course, but it's, God understands why. 
many of us, our interaction with God and our relationship with God never goes beyond the Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon, depending on what time you go to church. If you go to the night church or maybe 2 p.m., all right. Right? Your, your, our interaction with God never goes beyond the times we show up in church. But you know, gold is something that has to be spent every day. From Sunday to Sunday, you spend gold. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Every day of the week, gold is spent. When I say gold, I mean money. It is spent every day. So we, we interact more with gold than we do God. Are you following me now? And so when God asks us to tithe, is showing God that God, gold, though important, because the Bible says even in the book of Ecclesiastes, that money answers all things, right? Money answers to all things. But the truth of the matter is, when we tithe and give God our 10%, you are telling God, because my, my Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, that where your treasure, where your treasure is, there your, there your art will be also. So money is giving God a tenth or whatever it is you have, is telling God that God, gold will not master me. God will. Are you following me now? And when we tithe, what's, what's, what are the benefits of tithing? I'll talk about it more about this later on. But I'm going to tell you this. That when we give God a tenth of our proceeds, it is us telling God, number one, like I said, that God is not my master, God is not my savior, God is not my Lord, God is. But also it is us telling God that it is only God who can open the way for us. What does tithing does? It opens doors. Are you following me, everybody? The passage where we read earlier in Matthew, sorry, in Hebrews chapter 7 is a very uh, um, um, important verse that before we can really understand it, we got to go back to the original place where uh, the author of Hebrews is referring to. Because if you, if you uh, pay, pay attention to reading the text of that, in that Hebrews 7, you discover that uh, the writer of Hebrews is referring to another, is referring to a particular story that is probably found somewhere in the scriptures. Amen. And uh, to really understand this story, I want us to go to the book of Genesis, everybody. Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14. This is the first book of the Bible, in case you're already looking for the back of your Bible. No, no, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 14. And uh, we'll read verse 17. We'll read from verse 17. Genesis chapter 14 and from verse 17. It says this. After Abraham returned from defeating Kedor Lamar, Laomar, whatever it sounds like Philippian to me, I don't know. And the kings allied with him. The king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shever. That is the, the king's valley. Then verse 18 says this. Then, everybody say then. Then, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. And he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. And praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then, everybody say then. Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Then, Abraham gave him, who's him? Melchizedek. A tenth of everything. Now, I'll tell you how, how uh, crazy this entire thing is. This is the only time, the only time in the entire scriptures, Especially the first five books called the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, 6, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, uh, Deuteronomy. This is the very first time in the entire Bible that the name appears. The very first and last time in the entire Bible that this man appears, I should say. 
The second, the other two times that we hear this name being mentioned were in the book of Psalms 110. Bible says in the book of Psalms 110, I believe in verse 4 or 5, it says that you, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And the next time we see the name Melchizedek being mentioned is in the book of Hebrews that we just read. So what is the mystery of Melchizedek? Before you can really understand, you know, the mystery of the ten, you have to understand who is Melchizedek. Are you following me everybody? Who is Melchizedek? Melchizedek, the Hebrew writer says the word Melchizedek or the name Melchizedek means the king of righteousness. And he's king over a particular city called Salem. Right? And this is, and Salem means peace. So he is the king of peace. Are you following me now? His name means king of righteousness. Is this, I don't know if this is sounding like somebody that you know. So we find a very interesting story. This is like a cliffhanger moment, I, I believe. Oh, no, no. It's, it's, more, it's more like it sounds like a spin-off. If you're writing a movie or a story, a spin-off is when you write a story, a full story, then you write another story about one of the characters in the main story. That's what it looks like right now. These two, three verses that we just read, seven, verse 18 and verse 19 of Genesis chapter 14. Let me give you context real quick. So in Genesis 14, we see that Abraham's cousin, Lot's, got uh, kidnapped i should say you kind of it wasn't kidnapped literally but he got kidnapped and uh, abraham heard of it but as a good as a good cousin brother that he was he spawned you know his entire army and they went for the rescue they went to rescue lot and as they rescued lot they caught the kings and all these things now that's the story for another day but just going straight to this something happened as no as uh, not Noah. sorry as uh abraham was returning back home the kings of sodom and some other kings uh, were coming to meet him. That's what the Bible tells us last in verse 17. That the king of Sodom was coming to meet him at the valley of kings. Are you following me? But between when the kings intended to and when he did meet the kings, Abraham met with another king called Melchizedek. Are you following me, everybody? Called Melchizedek, the king of righteousness. Over, who was king over a city called Salem. Which means peace. And when Melchizedek, when he met Melchizedek, the first thing Melchizedek did was what? Blessed him. Are you following me now? The first thing Melchizedek did was blessed him. And look at what he says. This he says this. While when Melchizedek saw him, you know what Melchizedek came bringing? Bible says he came bringing bread and wine. Are you following me, everybody? Does it sound like somebody that you know? Right? If you've been around short long enough, you probably sound like somebody else. Because we are reminded through Melchizedek of another priest. Now, I remember about it. I have to say this. It says this. It says Melchizedek was a priest of God Most High. Now, this is what it says in Genesis 14. But I want to give you a little, because I, I see so many ignorant idiots on, on, on Twitter these days talking trash they don't know. Let me tell you a little, give you a little biblical exegesis. The first mention of a priest in the Bible is this place. According to the principle of first mention, this is the first mention of a priest in the Bible. Because the next person we would see as a priest over Israel was who? Aaron. And that's about 400 years after this meeting. Are you following me, everybody? It was not until 400 years after this particular meeting that we see a priest called Aaron be priest over the people of Israel. Because by, by design, priests are to come out of the lineage of who? Levi. 
So the descendants of Jacob, the children of Jacob, Levi, and the children of Levi were supposed to be the ones that uh, they would call, you know, priests. But then we find it to be, to be very interesting that this man, Melchizedek, who had no beginning or end. This is the only time we ever heard of the man Melchizedek. We find it so interesting that Melchizedek is called a priest of God Most High. And not only that, Melchizedek comes or he came to meet Abraham bearing gifts. I said this month of September is the month that comes bearing gifts. So I want you to pay attention to that prophetic word. Because Melchizedek did not come empty-handed. Melchizedek came what? Bearing a gift. And what gift did he bring? Bread and wine. Which is a symbol. These are elements, you see. Because Bible, I, I, want you to I want you to understand something. When you read Old Testament and New Testament, I want you to know that Old Testament is covenant concealed. Are you following me now? New Testament is what? The sealed covenant opened. Are you following me, everybody? And so when you read these things, we, 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 some things might be, some things happen so literal and we don't need to do those things by, like anymore right now. But I want you to understand that when we see things like this in the Bible, they mean more when you bring them in the light of the New Testament. Because in the New Testament, in the book of, in, in, the, in the, you know, the, the, uh, the Gospels, right, the main Gospels, right, you'll find a particular night in the Bible, in, you see it in Matthew, Mark, Mark, Luke, especially Luke and John. And you find there to, that, 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 there was a man named Jesus, right? Who had a, a, his last meeting before his crucifixion. He had a little thing called the Last Supper. In which he broke what? Bread and what? Gave wine. Which are elements of what? His body and blood. Are you following me everybody? Elements of what? His body and blood. And so when we see Melchizedek back in, in Genesis 14, where we just where we are written now, we understand that, hey, because there's a thing scholars talk about the pre-incarnate nature of Jesus Christ. Everybody say pre-incarnate. Pre I'll tell you what it means now. Pre-incarnate nature it means before Jesus was born as a, as full flesh, you know, coming, you know, coming through a virgin, you know, as a, as a child, from a baby down to the fact that when he was three, 33 and a half years old and he, you know, went on to heaven, ascended to heaven, I mean, I didn't die and go to heaven, I mean, he like died, resurrected, and then ascended to heaven. Um, he, they say, scholars say there are several times in the Bible where we can point that Jesus appeared. Right? Not as Jesus. That's why it's called his pre-incarnate nature. He didn't appear as Jesus. He, has, he appeared as something else. Uh, it, it, like we just read in, it, you see it in book, in, you know, Moses seeing a, a, an angel in the burning bush. Remember that God is a consuming fire. So we see that that is a type of Jesus. We, that, there are certain things that we call types and there are some we call, you know, pre-incarnate nature. But you see what we just read now about the story of Melchizedek is actually the story of the pre-incarnate nature of Jesus Christ. That is the nature, the, the, the times Jesus was seen on earth, right, in the glory of who he is, right, with no full history behind his name or his being. Does that make sense now? This is not some, uh, uh, what's that thing they do in China where someone dies and they say the person came back? No, 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 this is not one of those things. He didn't die and then come back, no. He appeared for a reason. Are you following me, everybody? He appeared for a reason. And I'll, I'll tell you real, real quick, the reason Jesus appeared 
because I just just to like make you understand what I'm talking about. Melchizedek here is a is is a, is the pre-incarnate nature of Jesus Christ. Although scholars do not say maybe he's Jesus, we don't really know, but he's pre-incarnate, meaning there are symbols or uh, signals that you know allude to the fact that this man is probably more than we think him to be. Are you following me now? Now, let me tell you why Jesus or Melchizedek appeared to Abraham. You see, later in the book of Leviticus, you would find this. And, and I, I really don't have the time to go into this deep uh, biblical exegesis. You, I would, you know, your mind would have been blown and all that. But in the book of Leviticus, when God decides to give the children of Israel principles on how governing how to live their lives, and especially when it comes to their prophet, you find it to be you find it said that even when it comes to their children, God said the firstborn of a woman is a first fruit to God. Are you following me now? The first born of born of a woman is first fruit to God, right? That the first born of a woman is, is God's property. The first born of all your cattle is for God. That's if you read the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, you find that being said and repeated over and over. So the for anything first belongs to God. Are you following me now? But you see, Abraham was to be the father of all nations, of many nations. But how many children? Let me ask you this question. I want you to be very, very careful. With this. How many children? Did God say, did God uh, say he was going to take out of Abraham to make a mighty nation out of? Not a true question. One. Of course, we know the other children became mighty nations. But the blessing and the promise of Abraham came on only one. Are you following me now? So although Isaac, which is Isaac rather, right? But before Isaac was born, we find Abraham meeting with King Melchizedek to give a tithe. Pay attention. A tenth, not just of the plunder, but also, Bible says in Hebrews 7, we just read, it gave a tenth for even Levi, his great-grandchild. Are you following me, everybody? So Levi, the priest who collects the tithe, Bible says in Hebrews that he paid his tithe through Abraham to King Melchizedek. Are you following me, everybody? And so now the the most mind-blowing thing about this because i've heard people say that tithing is an old testament principle but hey pay attention there was no mention of the ten commandments at this time the ten commandments did not show up until 400 years later so you see that by the way i should say 420 years later not just 400 years 420 years after this so you see that it is not an old testament principle because Moses, I'm sorry, Abraham did not walk with God based on the Ten Commandments. He had a relationship with God. And so we talk about how Jesus has come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He fulfilled the law in the sense that the Bible says that back in the, days of, in the days of Moses and the priests, right? The Levitical principles was, one of the Levitical principles and orders was that for the remission of sins, a lamb had to be slain. And the people would bring lambs, you know, uh, and would slay, you know, bring lambs and would put, confess their sins on top of this lamb. And the priest would have the lamb slaughtered. And then the blood would, would be, you know, sprinkled on the altar and all these things, which signify that the person had been forgiven of all their sins. Now, imagine if we're doing the same thing today. Imagine if you came to church, mom. Imagine if I came to church. Imagine if MJ came to church and everybody brought their own sheep because we've all sinned this week. Imagine everybody brought sheep and then, you know, bah, bah, meh, and everything just sounded, right? No, we don't do that anymore. Why? Because years, thousands of years after, a man will come. Not, not in his pre-incarnate nature, but in fullness of his glory. The Bible says he did not consider himself 
equal, he did not consider his equality with God a privilege. So he was both God and both man, full God and full man. When he descended on earth and became a lamb that took our place. So he did not abolish the law of Moses, he fulfilled it. Are you following me now? Jesus did not abolish the laws of Moses. He did what? He fulfilled it. But now here's the difference between tithe, paying tithe and all these things. Because you see, the principle of tithing, though it's not compulsory, but I want you to know that because Abraham modeled it, but God initiated it. Meaning it is the law of God, not the law of Moses. Are you following me, everybody? The same way the laws of God says that in every season, every year, there will always be these three seasons. It says in the book of Genesis, what? Seed time, harvest. Seed time, that's a law of God enforced and ingrained into the DNA of nature. There will always be seed time and harvest. So, so also, God has established through this passage of the scripture, in Genesis 14, the laws of God in this, in the, in, with the title Tenth, the tithing, tithing, tithing. Are you following me, everybody? He's making sense. Looking like I'm teaching. Great, 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 great. Now, why do we tithe, right? Why do we why do we tithe in when when people be, because everybody has an opinion this day. They say stuff like, oh man, you we, we we shouldn't tithe, right? You know, if we tithe, that's an old testament principle. Shut up. If you read your Bible well enough, you well enough you understand there's some things that are old testament principle. Okay, okay, okay. We say it's old testament principle. But also in the book of Matthew, I believe I wrote that verse down. I'm just gonna show you. I'm not gonna ask you to open it, I'm just gonna show you. Somewhere in the book of Matthew, okay, sorry, Luke, is it? Yeah, Luke 21. Yeah, Luke 21, I believe that's what it is. In the book of Luke, Luke 21, we find Jesus in the temple. I believe that's what it is. Just when I'm short, I'm not, I'm not um, saying out of context. Just, I'm just going to open it real quick. Luke 21. Just Luke comes before John, in case anybody's opening alongside. Right, yep, I'm correct. Luke 21 and verse 1 to 4. Bible says Jesus is Jesus was still teaching when he then went and took his seat. You know where he took his seat? Beside the offering basket. And he was watching as everybody was bringing their tithes and offerings into the house of God. So the rich men bringing in their gold, not this things. And then he saw a widow with what the kingdom calls mites. The widow's mites. Meaning it's like, it's like pennies and nickels. It's that small. But the widow came and dropped those two things in the offering basket. And then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, Behold, this woman has given little compared to the others, but her own offering is worth more than that of the others. And I'm like, wait, wait, what, Jesus? Let's be honest, these mites don't do nothing. They don't do anything. But see, of course, it's not the quantity that matters. It's always the quality of the heart that gives the offering. Are you following me, everybody? But also, you have to understand that if it, is, if it was an abolished principle or rule, Jesus would not have had a need to go sit down beside the offering basket in church. Are you following me now? Because it is the law of God. Are you following me now? And Bible says, Jesus, Jesus said, I have come to do what? To do the will of who? The one who sent me. And so if you everything you find Jesus doing in the Bible was done with intentionality and extreme purpose. Are you following me now? So him going to sit beside the offering basket was not just because he loved to, you know, he's looking at how much are you putting your offering basket this morning, offering envelope this afternoon. Two, two, 20 naira, okay, okay. You're only giving, you spent 2,000 naira this week, but you're only giving 20. Okay, okay, I see you. No, he's not doing that. Of course, to some extent, he's like, okay, let, let me see. Because the thing is this, 
It's our tithes and offerings. Let me show you what it is. It's an appreciation of all God has done. Are you following me now? Like I said, our tithe is telling God that gold is not my God. God is. Are you following me? But also the tithe is an appreciation of who God is and what he does. So what I'm saying in essence is when we talk about tithing and you know, giving your 10% and all these things, what we are really talking about is although tithing is not compulsory, it is necessary because it is the thing that goes before. Are you following me now? Tithing, uh, that's what paint, paint, uh, picture I want to paint for you real quick. When Abraham gave his tithe to Melchizedek in Genesis 14, he paid forward. Everybody say paid forward. Tithing is another way of paying forward. That's the second benefit of tithing. It is, I am paying forward. What does that mean? Of course, we don't pay God to work miracles and signs and wonders for us. No, 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 no. <laughs> that would not make him God. Right? If we paid him to do the things he did, he would not make him God. He would just make him a service, you know, point. And everybody can access God whenever they want. And so he becomes a servant of our own pleasures and not a true God that he is. Are you following me, everybody? So, but let me tell you what it, what it is. When Abraham met with Melchizedek, he gave the tithe of his children. He paid forward. He was telling God, I am committing into your hands my children. Are you following me now? One thing that my parents, Joe, we, like I said, we never really got the entire education on tithing. My mom, would, she's here. As you probably remember this. Um, I'm very sure, mom. I'm very sure that at some point when we were growing up, you gave tithe for all of us. The three of us. You gave, you, you gave seeds and offerings to God for us three. You paid ahead for us. So if you see me here and I'm, like, I'm fulfilling God's purpose for my life, hallelujah. But someone paid it forward. Are you following me now? When you tithe, you are paying things forward. You got a business plan. You got an idea, a vision that you, are, that you want God to breathe into. Pay it forward. If Abraham could pay it forward, I don't know what's stopping us. And we're allowing some person who is, you know, who is inebriated on their own self-pride and self-foolish, self-fallen dignity, right? To dictate to us and try to uh, dictations that are con counter God's purpose and God's will and God's laws. There's a law called the law of paying things forward. That's the law of tithing. When we give our, our 10 from the ones God has done for us, we have paid forward. And so what it discovered, that's why, we, that's why you often hear people say that tithing also in, it gives you protection. And you're like, wait, what? Are we praying for to be protected now? No, 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 you're not. But you pay forward. Oh God, I do not know the arrows that fly by day or the terror that wastes by noonday. Or the pestilence that works in darkness. I do not know this is, but my tithe secures. Are you following me now? My tithe, what? It secures. But one thing I'm going to say, I'm going to reiterate this. I'm going to say this again, say it again, say it again, say it again. So you don't hear me wrong and think I'm saying that, you know, uh, uh, tithing makes you rich. I am not saying tithing makes you rich. What I'm saying is tithing opens the door for a better life. Everybody say a better life. This is the third and probably my final uh, uh, point. Tithing makes a way for a better life. Take note, I didn't say a richer life. I said a better life. Because the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant. Oh, I love it. Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant. And if Jesus is Melchizedek, I give my offering to him. He gives me bread and wine, a better covenant. 
Are you following me now? This is not a covenant founded on the blood of bulls and goats and lambs and sheep and birds. It is, the, it is a covenant established on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. His body and blood that was shed and broken for my sake. So tithing opens me up to a better life. Because like I said, Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant. Bible says we have received a word. It's called a better word. Jesus is that word. And Titan helps me to access a better life. Everybody say better life. I'm not saying Titan makes you prosperous in terms of you know, material wealth and all these things. Right? I'll, I'll tell you what makes you prosperous. Because I have to say this. Tithing with no financial integrity will still leave you poor. Just so you know. If you tithe from today to tomorrow and you have no financial integrity, you're going to be poor. Poor, poor, poor. Poor as a power power, someone once said. So if, you're, if you have no financial integrity and you, don't, you, and you say you tithe, I mean, God bless you. God will keep on blessing, but God doesn't like wastage because you only keep wasting because you have no financial integrity. You're not investing your money into the right things. You're not creating your opportunities. You're not doing any of this. Things. You just spend, spend, spend a while away. Amen now. But tithing gives access to a better life. Someone, a friend of mine would say, uh, uh, tithe so, your, so life won't be tight. And people, we see it as a joke. Oh my God, oh, like, oh my God, please don't give me that nonsense again. But it's true. It is completely true. See, let me tell you something. In the entire... Uh, okay, I have to say this. I have to say this. I have to say this. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, though it's called an offering, but do you know that the first act or, or first display of tithing is actually not here in the book of Genesis 14? Do you know the very first time there was an offering or a tithe was actually the children of Adam? The first children of Adam had. Do you remember that? Who, what's your names? Cain and Abel. Do you remember why God rejected Cain? Do you remember why? Because of the quality, not quantity now, quality of his offering. Why did God accept Abel? Because of the quality of his heart. Are you following me, everybody? When Cain brought God, God you know, they, they, they came to offer sacrifices to God. The Bible says that uh, Cain brought, you know, brought crops. He just brought the things that are forgotten. He didn't need them. He brought them to God. Like most of us do, right? We just bring God. Hey, God, this is the small change I have. So, so it doesn't look like I, I came here empty-handed. You know, we act like we act like you know that that uncle that comes to your house and when he's leaving, he's like, ah, my children. I'm so sorry. I didn't know how to meet you today. Let's just take, just take take some drink and buy coke with it. We act like God is our child, right? We just dip our hands and just give God something like squeezing. No, that's what made God reject Cain or Cain's offering, I should say. But for Abel, Abel rather, why do you think God accepted Abel's offering? Because of the quality of his heart. I was sorry, Abel brought you know the fattened calves. Abel brought the best of the land's produce to God. And God accepted it. When you because you have to understand, remember, we call, we're talking about the mystery of the ten. It's funny how God only asked for ten and not ninety. Because remember, God has the full rights to ask for ninety. Because He gave you 100 percent God has full rights to ask for the ninety because He gave you hundred. But he only asks for 10. But some of you trust Ponzi schemes that ask you to put 20 naira and get 20,000. Even though that 20, that 20 naira or 200 naira is all you have in your pocket and you put it in there because you expect to get, you expect that money will multiply. And you put your trust more in Ponzi schemes than you do in God. Are you following me, everybody? 
Have you paid tithe forward? Tithing opens doors to a better life. Everybody say better life. Just, in, just to give you, you know, somebody, somebody's probably like, give me, a, give me an example of one time in the New Testament where the word tithe was mentioned. Because I don't believe anything you're saying. You're a false man of God. I don't know why I'm sounding like uh, uh, one of those Cartoon Network cartoons all of a sudden. Um, the one that's always bringing speed out of his mouth. I'm trying. Okay, no, no, no. I sound like uh, those. What's those? Those guys. Uh, the very odd, very good. Very good, good yeah, very odd parents. I sound like one of them. Timmy, uh, Timmy. I don't know. Um, you probably, you're probably like, what is an example of a New Testament mention where tithe is, you know, seen or 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 you know talked about in one sense or the other? Then let me to to give you full to give you full uh -huh, details to that. You can open your Bibles real quick to the book of 2 Corinthians. Just I'm going to show you this. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. In case you are probably like, in case, in case you, are, you, are, you end up in an argument today and somebody's like, uh, this week rather, and someone's like, see, tithing is, is man, is, is a religion thing. It's man-made. It's not God. And also, let me just say this also. People say things like, tithing, all your tithing goes to the pocket of the pastor. Another lie. Let me tell you something. Oh, oh, Jesus. I, okay, let me just quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 i'll show you where uh where it is and now brothers and sisters we want you to know about the grace that god has given the macedonian church or churches in the midst of a very severe trial their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty i love the fact that paul says extreme poverty he didn't say they were he didn't say they are divided into two classes rich and poor no no, no. It says they are extremely poor but yeah of the flowing joy and the extreme poverty, welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service of, of the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. You know what that means? They gave their tithe to God, and then they partnered with the ministry of the disciples or the apostles. Two things. There's the tithe, that's the 10% that goes to God, and then there's partnership. Are you following me, everybody? The partnership with the man of God, the pastor, whatever it is, to see the will of God through, be established through their ministry. So, they exceeded our expectations. They gave us, first of all, to the Lord, then by the will of God, also to us. So we urged Titus, as he had earlier made a, as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your path. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel, listen to this, in this grace of giving. Paul says this to the Corinthian church. Because you see, the Corinthian church, they were brood of intelligent people. They're very smart. They're like us in this generation. I believe the Corinthian church is 2023 church. Like the capital C church in Nigeria, in the world. Where it is full of you know, intelligent people, philosophers. You know, it is full. It is full of people who are who always have an opinion. It is full of people who are who are dictating what a pastor should preach on Sunday. It is full of people who who assume there's a pastor better that I, that I listen to online than my pastor that I go to in church on Sunday. It's church on Sunday. There are people who you know. They, I mean, they are. <laughs> I don't want to say something else, but there are these people. There are the people who would lead services on Sunday. And go and fornicate Sunday night. Yeah, and, and that doesn't that sound like 2023 church? That exact that sounds like today's believers. 
So Corinthian church is a model of today's believers. And they are bound, you know, in knowledge and all these things. But you see, in the revelation of giving, they lacked. And Paul was writing them a letter saying, hey, abound in this thing. Because people do not understand. People do not understand why we should tithe. Or how serious it is to tithe. Because you see, like I said, tithing is a law of God. But somebody probably got offended when I said that. Right? Probably like, what? Tithing is the law of God. This pastor is preaching heresy. Okay, okay, okay. I'm preaching heresy. Then join me in the last book in the Old Testament. I know I'm opening Bible scriptures to us. I cannot just tell you what I think. I'm here to tell you the truth of God's word. Remember, I celebrated God's truth. As Christians, as believers, we're not here to celebrate opinions. We're here, what? To uphold truth. The absolute truth. The word of God is the absolute truth. So join me real quick in the book of Malachi. I know I'm taking us back and forth to the scriptures, but it is compulsory. I established this truth. And then this is when I answer, I'll answer the question of, you know, who gets the tithe in church? I'll tell you. So in the book of Malachi chapter 3 and um, verse 8, you say, it says this. This is God speaking. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. God is speaking. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse. The whole nation. Listen to this, everybody. Because it is a law of God, anybody that goes against the laws of God falls on the other side of God. Are you following me, everybody? Every person who goes against the laws of God is like when Jesus appeared to Paul and said, and said you cannot kick against the goats. You cannot, you cannot go against the laws of God and experience the blessings of God. Anybody who goes against the laws of God is placed under a curse. Are you following me, everybody? So the laws of God, like, I, don't, I don't know if, if you understand this. Paul, this is not Paul. This is God speaking directly. This is not. This is not man. Man wrote it. God spoke it. Right? Contrary to Paul, you might say, "Oh, Paul is just a man." You know, Paul. Somebody one time said Paul is confused. He's a confused writer, and then people just have opinions. I don't see when it comes to God's word. But you see, this is God speaking in Malachi. It says, "Because you have cheated me with your tithes and offerings, you have been placed under a curse." Did God curse them? He didn't. What this establishes before us is. If you are not doing God's will, you are going against God's will. And if you are going against God's will, you experience the wrath of God, the wrath of God, the, the other side of God nobody likes to talk about in church. You are placed under a curse when you neglect this biblical principle and law of tithing and offering. Look what it says going on. You're under a curse. Your whole nation, your whole family can be under a curse because you don't tithe. So many people are like, well, Pastor Man, I don't know. I mean, one of the, some of the richest men in the world, they are not tithers. Elon Musk, is he a tither? I don't know. I don't think he's a tither. Uh, uh, I start listening. You, you know, we're we fond of always looking for the exception. We never look at the rule. We, you know, we look at people who are the exceptions. We, they, you only mention five people and we are in a population of over 8 billion people. And then you look at five people and you say, these people don't tithe. I can, I, why do I need to tithe and to become successful? But like I said, tithing is not a way to become, you know, materially prosperous. Of course, God will bless your water. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy 28, all the blessings in Deuteronomy 28, it says you shall bless your drink, your food, and your water. You should bless all these things. Yeah. But pay attention. Like I said, tithing gives access to a what? A better life. Now, continuing um, that passage where we, just, where we were reading, Malachi chapter 3. It says this now. I, 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 really, I, I, I really want to nail this uh, uh thing in our ingrained in our spirits right so as we leave you yeah we know what we're doing 
So going back to that Malachi chapter 3 and from verse uh, 8, he says, I'll still read it again. Will a man mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation. Because you are robbing me. So God, God sees it as a grievous act when we don't pay our tithes because he sees it as we are robbing him. Are you following me now? It's like, I don't know how to say this. It's like, uh, uh, have you ever... Okay, now imagine if you, got, you have kids, right? And you're always giving your kids things and they never show any appreciation. Not only are they robbing you of the joy that comes from being a good parent, they're also robbing you because you're only giving them all your resources and nothing is coming back to you. Right? I don't think anybody wants to, we would love to start a company where all their investment goes out and never comes back in. Are you following me now? So God says, you're robbing me. Look at, I want you to understand that though God is God, we consider God a thrill, but God also became man at some point. So I want you to consider the emotion behind these words. He says, will a man want to rob God? Yet you rob me. Hmm. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Then it says this verse 10. The most, most of you probably even know this scripture more than I do. Right? It's, it's quoted every time you're about to give your tithes and offering in church. But I pay, people pay attention. It says this. Bring the old tithe and offering. Bring the old tithe into the storehouse. That there may be what? Food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open. You see? Better life. The floodgates of heaven. And pour out so much blessing that there will be not not there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit because it is ripe. You see, this is protection. God protect God protects your investments. God protects your inheritances. Why? Because you are given the tithe forward. Says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. Says the Lord Almighty. It's like God saying, you will have a better land. Because you give your tithe. Now, where does offering, where do you know tithing and all these things go? Tithes and offerings, where do they go? I know this sermon is taking so long. I told you how to, I told you how this y'all to, to strap forward, right? To strap, strap out, because we are we're about to hit a, a nerve today. So where, uh, where does our tithing offering, where does it go? As in the church system, because I've been hearing people talk about how the tithing offering is going to the pastor's pocket. Um, well, I'm not being paid. Uh, Y'all don't pay me. Thank you very much. And I pay my tithe. Thank you very much. But because of this, I had to call a pastor friend the other day, this week, and I was like, uh, um, I had to ask him because I was like a little bit confused. Like, is this, I don't know if that's it. I didn't know that was a thing people did, right? So I called him and I was like, hey, how do you do, you know, tithe and offering in church? And then I was surprised he said the same thing that we did, we do here. Um, talked about how the tithe and offering goes back into the system of the church. Now, you don't need this information, but I'm, got, I just, I'm just giving you so you understand what we're talking about. The tithes and offerings go back into the church uh, and it financiers things. Like, for example, you are listening to me speak right now. Now, i got to be honest. We, I actually do not take, we don't take, I don't, we all, very, very seldom, very, very rare, on rare occasions, do you see that we take money from the church offering account to purchase data for a stream. We don't do it. I use mine, just so you understand this. We upload sermons. I don't. We don't do it. We don't take money from no, because I believe there are many things for the money to be spent on. We are, we are, we are looking towards buying, uh, not buying, some case, buying a man a land or renting a property that we can use for our services, physical services, 
across different locations and we're looking at how to extend and expand this gospel uh some things that need to be covered that our ties goes into the missionary the evangelism right the evangelistic part of the of the ministry is supposed to this is what, what this is what this exists for amen now if tomorrow we decide to go out and start you know airing our sermons on the radio this is where it starts from are you following me now? But which we should we start looking into, honestly, by God's grace from this week, right? We, we, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that, was, that has been pending for about, for about two or three years now, right? Going on radio, whatever it is. Your tithing makes that possible. Want to have welfare, want to have, uh, not welfare, I didn't say welfare, I said welfare, just to be sure. Want to have welfare, want to give to the, to the needy. We did, we did this, we do this, we try to do this every year, right? Just a little bit to someone, give someone something to someone, right? Give something to someone. They are, they are in a position of lack, give something to someone, right? This is what this works for, just, to show, just so you know. Right, if we get back to our meeting physically, the, your money is what makes the service run. I'm just telling you all this, things. you don't need this information, but I'm telling you. Because the Bible says that bring all your bring your tithes into the, into the house of God into storerooms, so there will be food. Are you following me now? If how would you get the food, spiritual food today, if there was no airtime or data to stream? Right. So it is your data that then enables this to happen. How will more people get the food? If I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So I'm just starting trying to make you understand what the tithe and offering is for in church. Developmental offering and all these other things, you know, building offering, all these things. We're not going to go into all these things because we don't. It's not information that is necessary. Is necessary for the public, for the consumption of the public. But the point I'm trying to make is this: you place yourself under a curse when you rob God of his of his, of his rightful ownership. God asked for ten percent, but we assume that it's too much. I mean, you would get up. And go out and shop. Now, this is not me trying to guilt trip anybody. I'm just stating facts. We would go out to the cinema, right? Or we would shop. And you would spend more than you bargained for in the cinema. But with God, you're complaining. I mean, you don't complain when you spend more than you bargained for. Because you're like, I remember that was a great movie. You know, it's a, it's a great movie. But with God, you, 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 you are cringing and grinning every time you want to give. You want to pay your tithes. Right? I keep on hearing people say things like, I owe God, and, you know, I owe God tithes, you know, these things. It's because you don't have, I believe you just don't have disciplines enough. In the sense that, okay, for some people have different systems governing how their tithing would work. And I'm not going to teach you, you know, give you a system. Uh, you know, some people tithe at the beginning of the month, some people tithe at the end of every month. Some people tithe every Sunday. I am one person who my tithe every week because I'm not getting paid. But, you know, I get blessed. I'm trying to do, you know, doing ministry full time. You get blessed from time to time. I, 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 as I get blessed, I bless God back. Oh, thank you God for you. I've done this one. Amen. Now, I leave you with a story I shared with um, the church um, back in in August when we were having our 14 days of prayer and fasting. I believe the last day. I shared this story with the church, and I, and I wrap up my sermon with this. Um, back in the month of January, I remember we were having our first prayer. Now, my mom will probably remember this because of this thing that happened. So we're supposed to have our opening. Uh, uh, we're supposed to have a Thanksgiving prayer service. Um, on Wednesday nights, as we normally do our prayers, but for some reason I did it on Tuesday. Do you remember now? I did. We had this, I, and what what happens? Because sometimes I feel like I'm 90 years old. I forget days and dates. I just think, oh, today's today's must be Tuesday, and then I hear today's Friday. Oh my God, <laughs> right? And uh, that day was a Tuesday, and so we did it Thanksgiving. You know, and so we were, then my mom was like, I thought we was, why why do you do it? why do we do it on Tuesday? I'm like, no, we did it on Wednesday. And they were like, no, it was a Tuesday. 
Oh, I, I completely didn't know. But anyway, that Tuesday, I remember right after prayer, or in the middle of prayer, as we were praying, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. Now, now this is going to be funny, very funny. Like This was January this year. Thank God this is not the same situation right now. Amen. But January this year, that day, I only had, I remember the amount I had in my account, I only had 500 naira. That 500 naira was all I had. That was, when they say, my last penny, my last dime, my last quarter, my last mite, my last, you know, cent, penny, nickel. 500 naira. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me that day. Now, I give my tithes. Don't, pay, don't get me wrong. But like I said, in the book of Hebrews, and because this is also something that's not talked about so often, we bring off our tithes to the church, which is great. But it's also a thing called a partnership offering or a partnership given. Where you partner with a man of God. You give, your, you give not your tithe, not, not your 10% that goes to God. That, a friend of mine has this thing where he splits out of 100%, he, he splits, he removes 20%. 10% is, you know, the uh, official tithe. Then the other 10%, it says it divides into two. I think, I don't know if that's how he said it. But it says it divides into two. Four, five, 5% goes to his man of God. The second 5% is spent on other important uh, churches. I may be given to missionaries or missions or whatever it is. I don't know. But anyway, so that day, I felt God speak to me and say, take that 500 now that you have and sow it into the life of your man of God. I'm like, oh, man. God, there's so much happening that I can do, <laughs> right? If you, because you know that kind of thing, when you start to budget, if I buy X, Y, Z, I should still have X, Y, X change. Tomorrow morning, I can use it to buy Piotr, <laughs> right? But no, I felt God say, give this to the man of God. I shared it, right? You remember I shared it on, yeah, for some of God's prayer. And I remember, I right after we finished praying that night, I spoke to the person who was with me, I said, hey, um, could you, Help me send because my account was not even logged. It wasn't my bank account wasn't on my phone. Bank app wasn't on my phone because of something. So it was on someone else's phone. I was like, hey, could you help me log in and send the last money in my account to my man of God as airtime? Does it? I said send it as, as airtime because he's, he's insulting sending five hundred airtime. I'm not going to account. Say, God bless you, sir. I sent you a little offering, <laughs> right? But send 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 it as, as airtime to my man of God, and um, we did that night. But remember I did it, I can never forget, I, I, I remember vividly receiving in my spirit that that month, this was, this was the exact, this was the exact, this was that, the exact uh, response I got, a phrase. This money will mature in the month of March. That's, I, I said it, that, this is how I said it that night. And that's how I heard it. This money will mature in the month of March, not February. So, you know, January ended. But let's say this, in February, I got February 1st. I was at a, an event that I never would have thought I would ever get to speak at or even lead at. That tithe paid forward. Continuing. February, January, you know, continued living, you know, and now I'm spending the remaining 500 now. I started living by faith, you know. <laughs> I can't die, I live by faith. I might as well live by bread alone, right? And somebody, somebody told me that time I thought I was fasting. I'm not fasting, no. <laughs> oh, God. You know, January passed. February passed. Now, March. Right in the middle of March, I say this with complete gratitude to God. The March was a defining moment for me and even this ministry. Amen, Amen right? March was not just, oh, okay, <laughs> this is going to be funny, right? So y'all don't try to like bogle me or try to hack into my bank account. <laughs> but I'm going to laugh at that. But March, right? Um, I have never received such amount of money in my life. 
it is not money for a particular task or anything like for me i have never received that amount of money in my life number one number two i have never i stepped into this is so crazy because it's not just even the material things even for the ministry doors opened we started having wider reach we started going to more places right we're in different places and earlier this year you know i fresh ideas that i have opened so instead you know we started receiving fresh ideas for the ministry crazy things happened in the month of march they followed me everybody even the faith for advance that took place in july was first birthed in march they followed me everybody so what am i saying the moment i saw the way miracles started pouring in <laughs> When I received the blessing, you know what? After I gave my tithe to God, you know what I did? I sent my tithe again to my man of God. <laughs> Amen. You follow me? Why? Because I said, <laughs> and I still do the both till today. Because I cannot lose in both ways. Everybody say, I will not lose in two ways. Some of us, we don't give our tithes on Sunday. We don't even partner with the man of God. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not pushing anything down your throats. I'm only here to give us spiritual education on the essence of no tithing. Tithing is paying forward. Everybody say paying forward. Paying forward. So I'd love to leave you with this question. Do you want to remain under a curse or do you want the freedom? Do you want that liberty? And the answer really is not just in what you say, but it's in what you do. Are you following me now? So will you just trust God with 10%? If you, ten, if you trust God with 10%, He will bless the rest 90 Because let me tell you something. It is ninety percent with God, right? Is better than hundred percent without Him. Sure. I follow you now. Sure. Having only ninety percent to yourself and having God is much better than having hundred percent and it's just you. I follow me now, because it says He shall bless our food, He shall bless our drinks, right? He shall bless our land. So you see the prosperity, spiritual prosperity, material health prosperity, coverage, security, and all this things. Shalom, peace, wholeness, security, wholeness, everything that is found in this. Now this, my dears, is the mystery of ten. Let's be on our feet, everybody. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The mystery of ten. The mystery of ten. If you're if you're a youth in this place, nothing stops you from tithing your your unborn children. Tithing them away. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying sell them. I said tithe them forward. Right? God, we are, we are living in a, in a situation on time and generation of God where it is unprecedented nonsense every day. You wake up every day, somebody's already, this, somebody's going by a new pronoun. Right? You wake up every day, somebody's getting, you know, a new kind of surgery. You wake up every day, people are getting knee BBLs. That's knee surgeries that makes them taller than they usually be. I'm like, what in the world? God, we have no control over this. But my children, Bible says, book of Isaiah that for I for I and the children the Lord has given into me they are for what signs and wonders and so I am tithing them forward that's why even the children all the children Isaiah that's what Isaiah said that all the children Isaiah gave birth to if I start saying their names you completely weird names but all his children were tithed to God because all his children Mahashal Hashbaz that's one of the name of his children and that one was Shia Jashob another crazy weird name but all the names of his children were all his children rather were devoted to God. Amen now. So tithing is paid, is paying forward. And this is the mystery of the ten. Let us bless them with the Lord for his word right now. Father God, we thank you always for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word to us today. The power of ten, the mystery of ten. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word to us today. 
lipahaka zoka lipo ruguhuzidi araba jile kaleki hezuru kwa dabarash thank you father god for we know that we have access to a better life a better covenant because of the blood that was shed for us by Christ Jesus and because we saw our way through it lipo zurupa leke hezuka dabarada jaleke hezuru kwa hidadash thank you holy spirit of god thank you holy spirit of god in Jesus mighty name Amen now. So I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you this week to make it an intentional decision. I know you might forget at some point, but it becomes a habit when you try when you intentionally do it over and over. Give your time, pay your tithe regularly. Partner with the man of God. These things are doors that causes you to and to end experience what a better life. And I don't know about you. I have suffered enough to not want to live a better life. Amen now. A better life. You got a project that's coming up. So that project forward. You don't have to wait until the bless. Oh, you know what? When the I'm, when, I'm trusting when the when the money comes out, guys, <laughs> you're wasting your time because it will never come. Right? You you push forward whatever you will not pay forward. Hmm, I like that. Whatever you don't pay forward, you push forward. You know what that means? If you don't pay for the protection, protection will keep you know would you will keep staying far. If you don't no, not pay, I'm saying pay Jesus Christ. If you don't tithe, rather, you know. So whatever you don't pay forward you push forward. So pay give ties to God. Partner with the man of God. This even the Bible says Macedonian church were in extreme poverty. But you see those who trust in God. Bible says I saw the Lord and he heard and he answered and he delivered me from all my fears. Those who trust in God. Bible says that they look to him and they are radiant. They never bow their heads in shame. And I declare prophetically over every person that's on my voice now. that you will never bow your head in shame. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You will never bow like huzuru ko hujwa dada. You will never bow your head in shame. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You will never bury your hand in your palm, your head in your palm. Your face in your palm and say, "Oh, oh, how I wish I did not." Oh, and I know you will never bow your shame, your face in shame. Amen. You will never bow your head in shame in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know why? Because the covenant of a better life and a better world rests upon you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, stretch your hands to heaven right now. Say, Father, Father I have heard your word. I, your word. I receive your word. I receive Give your me word. the grace the and the strength, the strength to practicalize it, to, to live by it, to live on it, and to live for it. In the name of Jesus Christ, let's go to praise right now. Hallelujah. Hello, hello there. Greetings to you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. We pray it really blessed you to continue to go deeper. We would love for you to join our growth track, a four-week teaching to help you grow in your faith. Send a message to plus two three four nine zero two three four three seven four one five. I repeat, plus two three four nine zero two three four three seven four one five. Also, when you share this sermon with someone. One, it helps us ministry grow so kindly do so now subscribe to the enlightened church on podcast available on spotify apple google and amazon podcast and wherever you listen to your podcast thank you for sharing your time with us today see you again soon interrupt enlightened upset